Hey friends, it's Eric here. Thanks for listening to the Building Us podcast. Hey, I want to invite you to follow me on my new show, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School, where I take a deeper dive into money and financial topics. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcast, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School. I hope to see you there. Hey, what's up? This is Eric Garcia, one of the hosts of the Building Us podcast. Matt and I every week say invest in your relationships. Moms are the foundation and the cornerstone of our relationships. So what better way to invest in our relationships than to honor moms, not just during Mother's Day weekend, but just in general. So we have partnered with our friends at New Orleans Mom to bring you this tribute to moms. Moms are under This is all about recognizing the sacrifices that moms make, especially over the past year during COVID. COVID has disproportionately impacted moms more so than dads. And we just wanted to recognize that, elevate moms, recognize them for their sacrifice. Now, this podcast is not just for moms. In fact, we encourage you, listen to this with your husbands, listen to this with your partners, listen to this with with your kids. Uh, We want to honor you moms and not just honor you, but help you build your families because we know how important family is to you. And we're so pleased to have uh, partnered here with New Orleans Mom to bring you this show. Now, a couple of things. Number one, moms, you have a chance to win a staycation here in New Orleans. So a one night stay at either Higgins Hotel or Southern Hotel. There's some extra cash in there for drinks. So it's a nice night away from maybe some of the responsibilities that have been so overwhelming for you. So we thank our partners for that. This is rainy season in New Orleans. So we had to power through some connectivity issues, some technical issues, but I think we worked through it just fine. We hope you enjoy this episode. Happy Mother's Day to the moms. We love you. We appreciate you and thank you for building our families and investing in our relationships. Y'all enjoy. This is the Building Us Podcast, financial planner and financial advisor, one of your co-hosts, Matt. Dr. Matt is the other typical regular co-host. We have other two co-hosts here with us, Soleil and Joey, and we're going to introduce them here in a second. Matt, it is Mother's Day weekend, and moms are rock stars. Yes. And bosses. Yes. Every year, I do a, a tribute to moms. It's called I Can't Afford My Wife. The idea is if I had to pay my wife for everything that she does for the family, I would be broke. Mm -hmm. No money in the bank account. And for a financial advisor to be broke, that's kind of embarrassing. Mm. Right. So uh, this year, we decided to partner with our friends over at New Orleans Mom. We figured what better way to honor and pay tribute to moms that are underpaid than to partner with New Orleans Mom. So... We have two awesome co-hosts here with us today to help us pay tribute to moms. Yeah, I'm excited about this conversation, but I know it's going to go a lot of different places. Uh, but, you know, you've, you've done this for a couple of years. I joined you last year, and this year we have two ladies, two moms joining us to, to add their voice. And, and this is in partnership with New Orleans Mom Blog, a media company that, that curates tons of really cool content. So if you're looking for something to read or or avail yourself of, check out New, NewOrleansMom.com. Yeah, and uh, yeah, NewOrleansMom.com. Also, 
if you are listening, you're going to have the opportunity to win one of two staycations here in New Orleans. What better way, moms, than to get away for a night away from kids and maybe husband? Yeah. Husbands, ditch, husband. your, ditch, ditch your family and go stay by yourself at the hotel. Ditch That'd your family. Each great. of these come with uh, enough, what it looks to me, enough extra cash to maybe get a drink. So listen in. We're going to tell you how you can <laughs> register to win. But let's go ahead and meet our, let's go ahead and meet our, our co-host for today. Joey, why don't you go first? Hi, I'm Joey Uris. Um, I'm a writer with New Orleans Mom. I started writing with them about a year ago, right before COVID changed the world. Um, I am born and raised in New Orleans. I uh, made the big jump to the North Shore uh, almost two years ago, right before uh, my husband and I had our first baby. And then uh, we quickly had a second baby. So I'm a two under two mom. Uh, I have a almost two-year-old son and a seven-week-old daughter. So um, really just uh, in a whirlwind these days. So uh, I'm very excited to have the opportunity to um, do something that isn't uh, <laughs> wiping noses. Oof. At least My for an hour. Seven. Yeah, for an seven. hour. I'm glad I don't have, I'm glad I don't have a two-year-old <laughs> or a seven-month-old. Seven week so, old. Yeah. Seven, seven week old. old. A little baby. Seven week. Little seven baby. Week. Yeah. Little bitty. All they do is poop, sleep, and cry. It's easy. Yeah. Gets hard when they get to 17. Saleya. Hi, I am Saleya Taylor. I am also a native of New Orleans. I am a writer for New Orleans Mom Blog, same as Joey. I've been there about a year, super excited, and I am a mother of two daughters. One is nine, one is four and a half. You cannot leave off the half. And I've been married for 13 years, so it's super exciting to have this chat with you guys today. Yeah, thanks for being here. 13 years married. Joey, you said how many years? Uh, just over three. Three. And Matt, where are you, where are you at? And I'm, I'm, on, I'm over two decades. Over two decades, I'm almost at two decades. So you're the um, you're the sage on this the, call, the elder statesman of the group. I'm the yeah. newbie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Matt, go ahead, introduce yourself, and kick us off. Thanks, man. I, um, as always, your co-host, Dr. Matt Morris, couples counselor and family therapist in New Orleans. And uh, for for those of in this audience that aren't our typical audience and aren't familiar with our show, Building Us. Uh, we, we host a weekly podcast where we talk about everything that deals with relationships, home life, money, and, and everything in between. We've been doing a lot of different kind of episodes. We just finished up a, a, a series called Simple, where we provided our listeners with everyday tactical and, and, and uh, tactical strategies for investing in your relationship and making your life a little bit better at home. Um, but today we're doing a different thing, which is having this really interesting conversation with moms about the, the value of moms and the value that moms bring to the home and how much we appreciate that. Yeah, let's do it. So you, you and I have t had this conversation before. In fact, uh, I, we, we recorded an episode like this a year ago and I think we can, we can post that video or link to that video in these show notes. Um, but I just ran across somebody who just watched that or just heard that, and they said, it was a woman, and she said, 
ooh, you're, you, whatever you said your, your, your wife is worth, whatever the value was in that. It was like a hundred and, I can't remember exactly, 180,000. 3,000, I think it was. 173,000 is what it would cost to like pay for all those services. Anyway, this woman who had just listened to the episode said, I bet a man came up with that figure because it's low. It's light. <laughs> Slip. If your husband walked in and wrote you a check for one hundred and seventy-three thousand dollars right now, would you be would you be upset? A year per year. <laughs> a year. No. I, don't, I don't think I would be sad. <laughs> say, Come on, man. Come on. Like, thank you. <laughs> so, so we we've had this conversation about just the value that moms bring to the home, and what we were talking about in that case was all the services that moms do for the household. That if we had to pay for you know, what all that would cost. And I'm just thinking about my own wife and all that she does. And I mean, she cooked dinner tonight to somebody to cook. Somebody went and bought those groceries. That It wasn't me this, t this week. Um, she went to work herself. She probably picked up a kid or two along the way. Uh, just, uh, you know, laundry, I bet, has been done recently. There's just a lot, a lot that, that moms do. And so, you, there's, you know, there's some research around this topic around the value of of women in the home and mo mothers in the home um, but some of the research this year has been a little di bit different there's there's always these uh always these um, these annual surveys around the the home and and life in the home and what life is like for the participants uh, but this year the surveys were a little bit different because they included data about the pandemic and how the pandemic uh, how you know our response to COVID-19 really changed our life. You and I have alluded to the to some of these su surveys and other conversations, but <clears throat> in some of the research around the pandemic, really focused on how the work-life balance changed and how the division of labor changed over the last year. And so, I mean, I c I can speak to that anecdotally that I just know in my own family we all spent a lot of lot more time together at home, which was great. But it also meant a lot more laundry, a lot more dishes, a lot more just crap and clutter sitting around that had to be picked up. Somebody's got to do that. And so surveys have been done asking moms and dads how the life has been different over the last year. And so you guys can probably imagine that uh, when, when moms and dads are asked about the work-life balance, oftentimes moms are saying it's harder for them to find whatever that sense of balance might be. When it comes to like division of labor, moms are often saying, you know, I feel like my job responsibility list is longer than anybody else in the household. When it comes to like childcare, taking care of the kids, more duties fall to the mom, it seems like year after year. At least that's the perception of most people. And so we just want to honor that and, and talk about that and talk about how stressful that is for moms, but also can we do something better? Can we do something different? So I, I really do want to get into that conversation, but I want to get you guys uh, started in this conversation. How did life um, as a mom, as a wife, as a woman, how did life change in the last year just, you know, professionally for you? Slay, you can go first. I was going to say, I'll jump in. Um, I'm a school administrator, so choosing to 
well, not choosing, being forced to work from home, but also run a school from your home is quite the challenge. And in doing so with two little ones at home was very, very interesting. And then a little different for us because my husband's job never stopped during COVID. It actually got busier. Um, So not only doing that, but doing it without help because my husband literally had no options that it was it was a lot it was very very interesting times um lots of laundry lots of dishes um lots of balancing and honestly a lot of late night night working because a lot of my work didn't get done until my husband came home and could take over or my kids were sleeping so um not only did the work day never end because it went from work to kids it never ended because a lot of my work was done at nine and ten o'clock at night during COVID so it was a little rough. A school administrator running a school from home that's like the, a, a, a definition of homeschooling <laughs> that I haven't heard of yet. You know it's a little bit different a little yeah. bit different while also schooling my children thankfully the little one was um, in pre-k three so there's very little um, organized schooling but for my older daughter who was in second grade it was you know, a little crazier. Man, moms are rock stars. That's for sure. <laughs> and and um, something that you said there was that <clears throat> for you, not being able to go to the school, to the office, meant that work, you never left work, really. I mean, you never left home, and therefore you never left work. And and work shifted to different a different time period of the day when normally you would be resting or relaxing or catching up on other things at, at home you were now doing part of your school administration job. Correct. So, man, yes. Man, what a, what a change. Joey, what about, what about you? What, how's life different over the last year? Uh, very different. Uh, I was a COVID layoff over the summer. So mm-hmm. um, my job of 10 years uh, just kind of abruptly, uh, abruptly ended in June. Um, we also had kind of a different situation because, uh, I had worked remotely prior to COVID. And so, um, the change for me was more, uh, that, you know, I wasn't sending my son to daycare anymore. And my husband, who is a high school special ed teacher was working from home. Um, so, uh, at the time my son was, uh, about seven months old. And so uh, I actually wrote a post for uh, New Orleans mom about my experience. I think it may have been my very first post. Uh, it was a, a letter to my infant during the Corona apocalypse um, because I had a very different uh, view of things than like Saleya did. I didn't have balance. I was, especially after I got laid off, um, I got to be there for my son's first the time first time he sat up when he crawled when he walked different situation for me I was very grateful to have that time I didn't have to you know juggle school and all of that um but I did notice uh a different dynamic in the household with my husband being there more um things that I was able to get done around the house uh in a different way uh working remotely uh, was a lot harder when there's a baby there and a husband there. So, 
It was a, a very different thing to be kind of thrust into the stay-at-home mom life the last year. Yeah, so yeah, you went from work, working from home mom to a uh, stay-at-home mom without, you know, without choosing that. Yes. It was, yeah. It's been a blessing in a lot of ways, but it's also been really hard because um, I guess I would have thought like, oh, I'd love to stay home. Um, but it is hard and it is a lot harder than I ever thought, especially now that I've got two under two. Um, I, I would I would love to not be home sometimes. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. You deserve a $173,000 paycheck, Joey. I agree. Can she register for the staycation even as a panelist? <laughs> so, I, I mean, sure. Yeah. So, um, on that, on that, I'm going to put up on the screen here information on how you can register for the staycation. So if you go to the NewOrleansMom.com um, website, you'll see there will be a link to where you can register. You put your name and your email, and we're going to run this through May 17th. So there is plenty of time to get your name in there through May 17th. Share it. With, with all your friends, anyone can, well, moms, mom, you need to be a mom to register. Matt, you can't register. But register okay. to do that. So we've been talking just a little bit about um, how life changed tremendously for a lot of families, particularly moms over the last, uh, over the last year. And <clears throat> we came up with the idea to just ask some of the New Orleans mom blog writers some some questions about how life has changed um, so it, talking about some of those um, you know one of the things that I that I was interested in uh, with with moms and kind of going back Eric to this idea that if we had to pay for all the services we couldn't pay enough um, and so the value of moms is really important to me the value of the the, the women in our in our homes and so kind of wondering about how moms may have been feeling undervalued in the home in the last year. Um, I, I'm assuming that moms may have always felt undervalued to some extent, but over the last year with things changing the way that they did so dramatically, like Saleh's story about having an office to go to and then not, and trying to lead a school while also teach kid, teach her own kids or make sure her own kids uh, were learning something um, and not getting a lot of help. <clears throat> yeah, I, I can imagine that there was an increased level in feeling undervalued. So, Saleh, describe this to us. What did, what did we do with these questions and what kind of information did we come up with? Sure. So, we kind of pulled our writers to still find out how they were feeling not quite post-corona because we're still kind of there. But um, one of them, we got about four questions. So one was in the past, what tasks have led you to feel particularly undervalued in the home? Was one of the first questions. We got a variety of them mostly dealing with housework and keeping the house tidy because, of course, sometimes one person may have a different feeling how or what tidiness is in another in the home so sometimes that's um a bit of a struggle uh, another question was it was kind of a fun one what routine task or chore would you love to hire someone to do for you um, <laughs> cooking i think may have been 
um, cooking and prepping um, has been. Was it cooking? I thought laundry. I thought laundry kind of rose to the You top. think laundry? I know the yeah. Laundry might be number one. I'll give you that. Laundry, laundry was laundry my number, number one. one. <laughs> so on this call, Matt, I know I know you and I are not moms, but if you had to give up, if you had to hire someone to cook or do laundry, what would you do? For for me? Yeah. Oh man, I. I don't know if you do I, laundry now. I have a third. I do very little I have laundry a third. in my house. A third option for me would be uh, a, a driver. I'd love it. I'd love a driver, <laughs> but. Out of the two options you gave me, laundry for sure. I do. In, yeah. We just did a, a simple episode on cooking a meal, and you and I both love to cook meals for yeah. other people. Don't enjoy doing laundry that much. There's not as much gratification as I get out of laundry. Uh, that Why I did, it's cooking. so it's a it's a grind. It's so daily. Like you could skip a meal and be okay, but you gotta wash your clothes, right? We, you know, we we had we've discovered something in our home that once in a while we'll do laundry, and like fold it, and our kids won't put it away, and they'll leave it in the hamper, and then we end up washing clean clothes. So inefficient. That may, that just makes that <laughs> so makes you efficient. want to like have a family meeting. So okay, so cure okay okay that that's a good scenario so. Joey Soleil, here's the scenario. You do laundry, you fold it, you put it, you know, in the hamper or you put it somewhere for the kids to put it away or your husband, okay? Um, and they don't and you have to rewash it. How do you feel? I think we have a, Soleil's got a bad connection. So Joey, how do you, how do you feel if that happens? Um... Well, my kids are too little to put laundry away. So if it's not me, it's him. And um, I don't think that we've had to re... We're pretty good about folding it. So it'll be folded in, in the laundry basket. Um, so if it's not put away right away, it usually doesn't get washed again because it's folded. So we know like it's still clean, but it'll sit there probably two or three days before we put it away because I just... Um, I buy more laundry baskets. <laughs> I think we've got four circulating our two-story home. It's probably more laundry baskets than a family needs, but um, I've got laundry baskets constantly um, just being cycled through. So hopefully somebody is putting it away, um, but yeah. Okay, so we're, we're going to get more into routines and tasks. I'll jump in here. I think, I think Salea rose here hopefully we'll get her back in a second but the third question that y'all asked joey i don't know if you have it pulled up on your screen so i'll just go ahead and 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 read it here is what new habits or routines from the past year will you and your family continue into the new normal um we'll talk a little bit about that and then um we'll we'll see if salea can jump back in i think she'll probably log back in here and we'll include her back into the conversation so let's just keep keep rolling here i'm sure she'll uh She'll get back in. This is this is technology in New Orleans during the rainy season. Yeah. So, um, the the last question was about chasing that elusive balancing act of work life home self and and how do you return to balance? Um, so let let's kind of what what are some things that stood out to y'all? I know we we chatted kind of in, in preparing for this. I'm curious to hear. And let's just have conversations about this, maybe some of those things that stood out. 
um, for the the third question or just overall? Overall, overall, I think I think there's a lot of bleed over in all the questions. So let's just let's just kind of kick them around. Um, I think probably a lot of it is. Um, it looks like I know for me personally, I have help. I have you know my husband is very helpful, um, I, and I still feel like it's not all getting done and I, I feel like we haven't necessarily perfected our balance um that was kind of one of the things too when we asked the question about balance it was almost laughable like is that does that even exist like how how do you get there yeah that was a lot of so does it exist i haven't found it i i think that that people and families have found moments of balance from day to day or week to week, but not, you know, not more than that, not more than that. And in this, in this COVID year, when things change so quickly, it both threw people's routines out of balance and gave people a chance to form new routines that might include more balance. And so I, I, I have heard lots of people over the last year say, that there have been parts of this that have been nice because I have had moments to, to focus a little bit more on myself or focus a little bit more on my self-care, uh, but it's just been different. And so I, I think that striving for moments of balance is about as good as we can do most of the time, and that's okay. So I like think that. about balance. I was literally going to say what Matt said, where like we'll have moments of like these great grooves or like things are going the way it needs to go and everyone feels happy and satisfied and self-care is there. And then, you know, there are moments when things are definitely unbalanced, whatever. I know for us, even like seasonal, like certain things when work is busier for one of us, it's not always balanced. So we've had to find a new balance because one person has to take over more things than the other than they usually would because someone's job is a little more difficult at certain times of the year. Like August, I'm no good. Um, speaking of school year, I work very late. My husband definitely picks up the slack. He even takes a vacation week just to support the fact that I'm going to be busy. I'm going to be that busy. Um, Groups. And having to remember that, remembering those grooves and remembering, yeah, okay, this is the season, this is temporary. I think that sometimes helps. Yeah, one of the responses we got, uh, she said, is there a perfect balance, question mark? And she kind of went on to some, some other stuff. And she said, we tell ourselves there's a balance, but I think it's just giving ourselves grace and knowing that on the days you kill it at one job, you're likely not rocking in the others. And I think that idea of grace, I think... Um, I know for me when I when I when I'm kind of having a conversation with my wife and I can tell that she's overwhelmed or frustrated it's like maybe this we don't worry about this right now maybe laundry's not going to get done today or maybe we're not going to be able to clean the house today or maybe this isn't going to happen and we'll just kind of let's not worry about then maybe it's easier said than done coming from you know the man here the husband saying it because y'all are constantly thinking of all the details and especially my wife who's who's very, I mean, she is gifted in administration. Like she can know everything that needs to get done when it needs to get done. And when it doesn't get done, it frustrates her and overwhelms. And I'm like, ah, we'll get to that later. So it's maybe finding that, that grace. I love how she says it, just giving ourselves grace. It's a great way to put it. 
Yeah, and I, I also think, kind of going back to this, like there are moments or seasons of, of, of balance that with, with child development the way it is, having a two-year-old is very different than having a 12-year-old. And, and the, the kind of care activities that it requires to take care of a two-year-old are different than it does taking care of a 12-year-old. And so just remembering that as your kids are developing, which can happen in very short spurts, for, particularly for young kids, that life is going to change, whether you want it to or not, every six months or so. And mm -hmm. so you're always having to find new kinds of balance, and even with like school year, school changes. And when, once kids eat, uh, reach, uh, you know, elementary school level, maybe the change isn't quite so drastic, but it changes because every classroom's different, every teacher's different, every cohort of students is different. And so there are different challenges with each six month, year season of life and and so just being aware that <clears throat> ch child development educational development family development are like a tide that none of us escape and so it's always it's always pulling us um, along and requiring us that we adjust and and find new balance and 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 if if the best we can do in that is accept it and and find moments and be graceful with ourselves for the rest that's pretty dang good. Now, I'm curious, talk us through, and maybe Joey and, and Saleh can, can add here from their perspective, but the challenge of when, you know, we, we, we build routines, husbands build routines, kids build routines, wives build routines, and then something changes in someone's routine. So mom's routine changes, but kids and dad might not change or might not recognize that change so mom just might you know and, and we saw this in a lot of the responses just i'm just going to shoulder this I, you know I, i'm i'm mm -hmm. responsible i know it needs to get done so i'm just going to do it and it almost seems like it builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and just the, the over the sense of overwhelmment um just increases so yeah. when balance changes and those hard conversations have to happen like how do you i don't know how do you do that so give us a, a the magic bullet well, and I, I can't wait to hear from Soleil and Joey on this also, but my, my advice would just be that um, recognizing that change is inevitable and that flexibility is required are so important. So if, it, let, me, let me say it this way, Eric. Uh, families can develop problems by not having enough routine, but families can also develop problems by trying to hold on to a routine that no longer fits. So if you don't have enough structure in the home, that can create certain problems. But if you get too rigidly attached to your, your last year's structure, when a new structure is required, that also causes problems. So like you, you've heard me say it before, I think families need to have you know, a meeting every three months or six months and just say, what are the new, what, what, what are the new challenges? What are the new routines? What are the new hopes and dreams and expectations? What are we wanting to accomplish? What are we struggling with? And let's game plan around those, those things every six months because life requires that we be flexible. Once you get stuck, problems develop. Joey? Joey, you're, Joey, you're, uh, you're kind of yeah. nodding. Well, and I, I hear an amen. 
with absolutely i think um just so in the last seven weeks we brought a new baby home and yeah. trying to break that news to the toddler that uh she's stinking around um he's been wonderful adjusting to her he adores her he wants to touch her and and kiss her constantly so i'm very excited about that but um it's a lot because we had kind of just gotten into a routine you know me with him during the day um and all of a sudden you know like we don't get to sit and read four books we you know get interrupted halfway through the first one because somebody else needs me too and so um I worked really hard. I'm very type A. I like lists. I like routines. And so I worked really hard to get a routine together with my toddler. And now I'm, you know, kind of making it with the, the newborn. But um, she's probably uh, a little bossier than I am right now. So uh, things are interesting there. But it, it, everything's always in flux. It's a season. I just keep telling myself that. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt says this often that kids are terrible roommates. They yeah. are. <laughs> they are. Terrible roommates. And I, I, I want to make a point. I just want to stop here and make a point that one of the one of the goals that I have, and, and I hope that it comes through in this in this recording here, in this episode, is it's not just a place where, you know, we asked a bunch of moms and, and they complained with their answers. And that's not what it is. What we're hoping here is that I mean, there's some really important things that I think are, are said in here that are really important for relationships. They're important for marriages. They're important for the, the parent relationship. And I'm just hoping that our conversation here um, doesn't just empower moms, but that that moms are able to be heard. And that the hearers, not, not me and Matt, or not other moms, y'all don't need other moms to hear you. You need you need husbands and kids and your support system to hear you. That, that's my goal here is that we're hoping that we can give voice um, to that. We had had some discussion around how to have those conversations with your loved ones, with your spouse, with your family. Uh, so let's dig into that a little bit. How do you, Saleh uh, and Joey, when you are wanting to when you're needing something different from your spouse how do you bring that up and how does that conversation go the good way of bringing it up or like the bad way of bringing it up <laughs> we, we want the bad come on that's more exciting. Yeah. that moment when you're juggling everything like, and it's like, yeah, yeah. When, like it burns so like you know like the the correct way you should talk to someone <laughs> you know? um no really i think for sure i think one of the biggest things i've heard and we've talked about a lot is like that asking for help that sometimes as a mom we hold such ourselves to such high standards that we feel like we failed when we need help but at the same and if it's not that side then sometimes it's you should know I need help. So then there's like the animosity building. So I think sometimes we have like those struggles. So finding that way of saying, hey, this is what's going on. Like you said, this routine is different. This need has changed. I need 
this task to be switched. I need you to take over this task or, hey, this is frustrating me. Can we find a new way of doing this because I don't want to feel frustrated or I don't want everyone yelling in the morning as we're trying to get out the door of like sometimes just having that open conversation like what do you think helps or saying I'm thinking these will be helpful but I don't know what else could we do so that we're not at whatever point every day whether it's everyone yelling and everyone late or just mom feeling very frustrated and defeated as they you know walk out the door every morning um what helps and like saying that to your spouse like this is how I'm feeling what can we do different or this is what this is what I need to change sometimes like that like for example because of COVID my kids don't eat breakfast at school anymore that used to be a thing like I didn't have to think about breakfast I can get this handy little card they can buy breakfast at school pick what they want it was great that program doesn't exist anymore because of COVID because there's no morning care. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, if I have to pick another meal, I'm going to, like, go crazy. So one of the things I had was like, hey, look, I just I can't I can't do breakfast anymore. Like I can buy lots of options, but like I can't be the one responsible for the meals. Let's try to get a protein most days of the week. Otherwise, like go for it, whatever, whatever you can do. And like it was great. My husband, he, he handles it. Some some days it's questionable, most days it's fine, but, like, I know I don't have to do that. So just that relief makes our mornings that much easier or, like, I'm not dreading thinking about that in the morning. Oh, great, I have to still get them a breakfast. I know it's handled, and, like, that small thing really has a huge impact. Sometimes it's a very small change that really makes you feel a lot better about what's going on. So, like, in part of your answer, you have to speak up eventually. You have to say, I got this need. Um, and, and you can do that in a way that works better, or you can do that in a way that doesn't work as well. Um, so, so, like, I had this conversation with my wife, because I was kind of talking about this this um, episode that we were going to do. And it's, it's funny. One of the things she told me, and I took it personally, and it was kind of like, don't take it personally. Like if you ask me a question or ask for help, or if I say I need something, um, you tend to take it personally because like, I think like, I'm pretty helpful most of the time. And then like, you tell me to do something and I'm like, you just don't recognize how helpful I'm being over here. And she's like, you need to be ready. This is what she said. You need to be ready for the response and don't take it personally. And I was like, oh man, I took it personally, but I got over it. Um, but, but it, it's 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 the help. Have you ever been in a situation where someone's trying to help you in the way that's most helpful to them, but it's not helpful to you? 100%. And you feel bad because it's like, oh, they're they're helping me, but it's just it's making it even harder. Um, and I think that's kind of that sentiment. It's like I don't, it, you kind of saw that coming through some of these responses. Like your help is not helpful, so I'm just going to do it. Because you're not you don't want to feel business. ungrateful. Yeah. Right? And you don't want to feel like you're ungrateful that someone's trying. Like, that definitely happens a lot. Like, my husband knows I like the kitchen clean. And he does. He takes, he does dishes. I do not do dishes. I'm very, very, very grateful for that. But some days, I need him to just take over a bedtime routine because I've, like, just had it and I'm exhausted. Or the kids are very cranky that day. And he's like, 
but I'm cleaning these dishes that you really like to have clean. And it is, that's still something that makes me happy. But in this moment today, my need is a little different. In this moment, I feel like I'm going to scream or I don't want to scream. Like I, I try my best not to yell at my kids. So I'm like, I feel like I'm going to yell at them and I don't want to yell at them. So I really need you to take over like bedtime routine tonight. And I need to like hide in my closet for five seconds <laughs> from the kids. Um, so like, you don't want to scream like, put the dishes away. You know, don't you see the kids are driving me nuts. Like finding that way of doing it and saying, yes, I do love a clean kitchen. In fact, you know, I'll wash the dishes if you wash these children. Like I'm okay with that today. Like let's switch. I'm ready to switch roles today. I will wash the dishes if it means not getting these kids ready for bed. But like having to say and say, I do recognize that that's something that I love. But right right now, I'm I'm feeling that I need a different type of help today. Yeah, Joey, you and I were having a conversation the other day. And that you mentioned someone was helping you, you know, with, with the, the infant. And what, what, did, what were they doing with the towels? That just, it like spoke to you. It's like, oh my gosh, they're speaking so, to me right now. My, my, uh, my mother-in-law, uh, my husband is from Colorado. And so um, that's where his parents live. And my mother-in-law came in for an extended trip. She, my father-in-law came with her. He stayed a couple days. Um, but then she stayed two weeks longer to help me, you know, adjust to my two under two life. And um, so while she was here, obviously she was, you know, helping me with the babies. But um, she was helping me with stuff around the house, you know, dishes, laundry. And she um, she asked me one day, and it, it kind of caught me off guard. But she was like, um, I need you to teach me how you fold your towels. And was just like the nicest thing <laughs> that anybody could have asked because it was wonderful that she was doing the laundry, but if she folded the laundry like she would fold her laundry at home, then like, I mean, my bath towels don't fit in my closet the way that they need to. And so um, thanks to TikTok, I spiral my towels and they actually fit very nicely in the way that I have it organized now. But um, if you don't fold them that way, then it's a mess. So thank you for doing all the laundry. But if they're folded, you know, like in half or in thirds or whatever, they're not going to fit. And so like all the help in the world is wonderful, but then it's not going to work, you know, in in the system that you have. So her just learning my, my spa fold of the towels made just a huge world of difference. And I love my mother-in-law. I'm very grateful that she did that. And um, I, hope, I hope she listens. <laughs> I don't know if I told her enough that I appreciated that. So, so simple. Yeah, in both of yeah. those examples, though, there is, you know, <clears throat> both partners are taking a risk. One is taking the risk to speak up and share the need. And the other partner is taking the risk to approach this with humility and imagining that this is not about them, that this is not a, a deficit necessarily, that they're, they're, they're not doing something well. They're just, I, I know I can sense that you need something. Let me try to figure that out. And I, I think that I'm kind of idealistic about this, Eric, but I think that most of the time a need can be shared in a way that invites the person to meet it. Most of the time. It can also be shared as a criticism. 
and that almost always pushes the person away. But if we'll work really hard at speaking up and phrasing it in a way that invites connection, it invites support, then our, our partners love us and they want to they want to run toward us and they want to be with us in the partnership of, of life and home. Um, we just have to share that need in a way that invites them to, to meet it. So, okay, Matt, this is good. Give me a, give me an example. So I walk in, I walk in my house and I can sense my wife is visible, visibly overwhelmed and frustrated and I'm not a mind reader. And she might feel that, like, I should know, right? I should know why she's frustrated. She's been home with the kids, whatever, but I'm not a mind reader. So me walking in saying, what's the matter with you? That, that's probably not a good idea. Probably not. I mean, so, first, they told you last yesterday you need to come in with some chocolate and some chubbies, some I fried did. chicken. You should exactly. listen. <laughs> yeah. So, so we had to record a couple different intros. That was the first intro. I didn't make it in this recording. So let me kind of, let me fill in the backstory. I posed the question at dinner last night to my family. If, if you're frustrated, um, and I noticed you're frustrated, how would you like me to approach you? My seven-year-old said, just bring her chubbies and ice cream. Chubbies is fried chicken. My, my 14-year-old said, just start doing things for me and then ask me what's wrong and, um, and be ready to back off. I'm like, okay, all right, let's do that. And my wife, my wife said, just tell me, it looks like you had a bad day. Here's some chocolate. So that's, but it's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not true. That's not true. 20 years you of marriage. You have to prove it. 20 years, 20 years of marriage, it's not just chocolate. I, I believe there's some way you could walk into that home and express to her either verbally or just physically by your touch or closeness or something that says, hey, I see, I see you're struggling and I want to help. Saleya, well, Joey, you, that's you. That's your, your, you're frustrated. You've been home all day. Joey, your husband walks in. You're visibly frustrated. What do you want? Or, 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 or kind of not you personally, maybe, maybe you specifically, but what are, what are our what are your moms telling you? How do you, what do you want your husband to say in that moment? Uh-oh. <laughs> Salea, what do you want your husband <laughs> to say in that moment? I think for sure I want my husband to offer specific help. Um, when so much is going on, I think hearing someone say, what can I do feels more frustrating because you already have so many things swirling around in your head. But I think coming in saying, Hey, do you want me to take over fast time or dinner? Like giving me options so that, cause sometimes we just, we're, our minds are going and going and going. And sometimes like we need help refocusing on something simple. So say like us remembering if there's dinner, there's bath, there's homework, all these things need to be done. He's immediately saying, I know what our family needs. I know we have specific tasks. Let me offer to complete a couple versus just saying, what can I do to help? Because there's a million things you can do to help. And when I'm already frustrated and overwhelmed, I can't really stop to think about one. But offering maybe one or two items, I do one, two, or three, 
feels very helpful because it feels like you're really in tune to what our household needs. You just don't know which one to prioritize. Like in that moment, what's going to speak mm-hmm. to you? In that moment, which one would be a priority? Because yeah, some days is different or the timing may be different. Yeah, one of the moms said, I'm so sick of making decisions. And yeah. I, when I read that, when I read that, it, it hit me because I've, I've said the same thing like in business. Like when you're a leader and you have businesses and you're making decisions and like it takes a lot of emotional energy. And I've got a business coach who said you need to take time off just because you're constantly making decisions. And when I read that, it struck me like, oh, my gosh, moms are, are constantly in this, this executive kind of role of making decisions. And it's exhausting. It's emotionally exhausting. Yeah, so here we are saying, <laughs> hey, what can I do for you? It's like, oh, my God, it's just another decision I need to make. Just do exactly. Something. And I'm, I'm usually double because I'm like basically mom at work as well. So <laughs> by the time I'm home, I don't want to think about it. Yeah, Joey, do we, do we get you back? Kind of, but not really. All right. Matt, what else um what else jumped out at you from uh, from some of these responses here? And then let's jump into some of the questions that Soleil and Joey kind of threw out there. Um <clears throat> that moms are trying to do a lot all the time. That moms feel a burden of doing a lot all the time. And that um, probably there's a sense that I should be able to do a lot all the time or I should, you know, like I, I should be able to do more and, and not, you know, I, I just want people to recognize life is hard and marriage is hard. Family life is hard and um, and it, we're, we're a partner in it. We're a partner in it we, and we want it to be better for both of us. And so just l- leaning into that partnership um, and talking with your spouse about needing it to be a real partnership <clears throat> so that when when someone is stronger and someone is weaker someone is has more resources or someone has m- is more depleted we can rely on each other to to meet these needs together um, you know it, it's for most of us we can't have kids on our own it's not it's not like we can just conjure them up on our own it, it requires a partnership and we got to lean into that partnership to take care of the, the family and take care of the home. I feel like I'm, I'm binge watching uh, Star Wars Clone Wars. And there's this one episode where the leaders just like disappear. They're like, they're disappearing. And I feel like I'm in that episode where our <laughs> co-hosts are just are disappearing one by one. So speaking of disappearing, have... speaking of disappearing, you know, I don't know if I told you this story, but um, one year, my wife broke her arm, and I remember when, that when she was going through like the surgery to repair her arm, all of my kids got a lot better at putting the dishes in the dishwasher, and you know putting away laundry because she couldn't use some aspect of her arm. They had to compensate for that, and that you know helped all of us realize that mom's doing some stuff that everybody else could be doing. But nobody thought about that because mom was doing it. Mom had to get 
disabled for like a month. <laughs> to so are you suggesting that maybe mom's break my down. arm? No, <laughs> break your arm. I'm, you I'm cut your fingers, Leia. That's good. Come on. I mean, I'm close. You can't I'm do dishes. I mean, I have learned that my four-year-old, four and a half-year-old, puts away laundry better than everyone else in the house, including yeah. me. Yeah. She's actually very good at it. She even does puts she enjoy it together. She does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so... she's a little. Yeah, she she's a perfectionist. Um, you can't have anything out of place in her room. You so... can't walk in her room with shoes. I wonder, I wonder if as a family we recognize that there are certain members of the family that have different skill sets and they enjoy certain things. Like someone enjoys cooking more than someone else. Someone enjoys doing laundry more than somebody else. Or some, and, and if we allocate those, those chores to those individuals, I wonder what that would look like. Or cycle them through. Like no one likes doing laundry, so maybe we like kind of have a, a schedule here where it kind of goes from – me to you or or you to me or something along those lines i don't and and we and and get the kids involved get the kids uh, they can do parts of this maybe they can't do the whole chore the whole task but they can certainly do part of it i mean your your four-year-old can match socks that's in in her skill set and yeah Mm -hmm. in her skill set and then she can probably put the socks away depending on what Mm -hmm. drawers they're stored in and she can learn that task, do it well, and, and feel a sense of accomplishment because it's over. It doesn't take forever. And mm-hmm. play the long game. I'm going to tell you this. I've got a 17-year-old, a 14-year-old, and an almost 8-year-old. Play the long game. They're not going to do it great when they're 4. They're not going to do it great when they're 5. They're not going to do it great when they're 6. But as they get older, because they've been learning, learning the mm-hmm. skill, when they're 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, they'll be able to be much more effective in helping to do some of those um, chores. You got, you got to play the long I game. I agree. Here. I think, too, for us, um, we're very busy so that we're actually home for very small amounts of time. I think that ends up being a big thing in our family because my, my older daughter is a competitive gymnast, so at least, at least two nights a week she's at practice until 8 p.m., so um, that gets really crazy, and then I usually will work late at least a day or so out the week um, to make up for getting her to gymnastics the other days. So I think for us, a lot of it is timing, and my husband, most days, he's not in until 8, closer to 9 o'clock. So I think it's a energy thing for us, or it's like we talked a lot about the outsourcing, and we do, we do, we sometimes outsource things. Sometimes I outsource my laundry. There's a great service, and... Some weeks I just know I can't do it all and mm-hmm. I plan ahead and I get someone else to do it or I don't I don't love the whole like what's that um lawn the um grocery ordering I don't love it because I always think they like don't pick out the right veggies um but sometimes I'm like you know what I'm not winning at grocery shopping this week I'm just gonna take my chance and whatever bananas I get in this bag it's just what it's, it's gonna okay. have to be yeah. like I think giving our like you said ourselves grace of sometimes you're not going to do it all or sometimes someone else is going to have to do it and it's going to be a little bit weird but go for it because it's worth your sanity and it's really worth your happiness of your whole in your relationship because we're just both admitting that this isn't going to be the same level but it's going to be done and we're going to have to everybody's going to have to be okay with that let's let's talk a little bit about self-care because that came up that came up a lot 
from the responses from some of the moms about self-care. And one of the questions that I think you may have asked or Joey may have asked about how do you find um, equity in self-care when one person's self-care costs more money or requires more time away from home? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so someone's idea of self-care is could be, I just need to go for a walk for 10 minutes. And someone's idea of mm-hmm. se- self-care could be, like, I need to go to the beach for three days. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> is that funny, Matt? Three days, yeah. I wish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm with, the, I'm with so, the second person. Yeah, me too. Me too. So th- this, is, this is an opportunity to say, um, be sure to register to win the staycation here in New Orleans. That's going to be some good self-care for, for mama right there. No decision. The decision that made the hotel has been, <laughs> has been chosen for you. Um, so you don't they even pick your room. You just go like you check in and they give you a you key. Pick your date. So it, you Higgins can, Hotel yeah. and Southern Hotel here in New Orleans are going to give away a free staycation to mom. So you have until May 17th to register. You can find that on uh, the New Orleans mom dot com web page but i i think that if matt correct me if i'm wrong and in salaya i love your feedback on this i think i don't think equality or equity should be the end goal here like i think i think that's a no i don't think that's real i think fairness should be the goal like what's fair um that one person's self-care may cost more than someone else's but the goal there is just it's emotional health so uh, I think what what's fair in terms of of um, from mm-hmm. from a monetary standpoint because the question kind of dealt from a money standpoint is my wife's emotional health is really important to me um, and if her self care is more expensive than my self care from a time standpoint or from a dollar standpoint well I value that and I need her I need her emotionally healthy and she needs me emotionally healthy likewise what Matt what are your thoughts on that idea of equality or equity when it comes to self-care costs. Yeah. <clears throat> I, the, the outcome is healthy members of the family, healthy, healthy family members. And so uh, we are, we all, we are different. We probably have different needs, but we do need to be healthy members of the family. So what, kind of self-care activities can we each in, invest in to be healthy and maybe there will be discrepancies for, you know between time and money and just acknowledging that that's probably likely is that we probably won't achieve equality like we're going to spend the exact same amount of minutes and dollars in our self-care but we we can achieve equity which is this idea of fairness and and similar outcome which is that we, we're both recharged, we're both caring for ourselves. So I, I think that's important is to, to have a really good, candid conversation with your spouse around what do you need. I do think, though, that there's a limit to this also, that <clears throat> if, if one person's self-care is four hours, you know, five hours on the golf course, and the other person gets 10 minutes of, of walking time, that's not equitable. And it's okay to call that out and to adjust that. Um, so I'm not saying it has to be equal, but it, I think it needs to be more in line with fair. I agree. I think, too, figuring out, I guess, kind of like how we talk a lot about seasons, like my husband is a fisherman. He loves to fish. Yeah. But fishing takes a lot of time. You have to drive. It's not really close. 
And, I mean, it can be eight or nine hours. Um, But, of course, prime fishing usually is in a small window of time throughout the year. So he may be like, oh, I want to go fishing or, you know, whatever. And I'm happy. I'm excited he can go fishing. Or sometimes he goes fishing with his best friends. Sometimes he goes fishing with brothers. And everyone's so busy. Just like same thing with moms. Having a mom's night out is sometimes difficult because everyone's schedule is crazy. But his fishing depletes me because he's gone for so many hours. So even though I want this so bad for him, I find it hard to, like, keep myself grounded. And this isn't every week, obviously. Like, he's not doing this every week. But sometimes it feels so big when I've had, like, a crazy week or whatever. But, I mean, I know my self-care is probably much more expensive than his fishing trip in general. Um, and he usually doesn't give me grief, but I know, like, again, in that moment, same thing, in that sticker shock of looking in our bank account, like, what did you buy, or how much did it cost to get your nails done again? Feels <laughs> surprising to him, but then at the same time, those many hours of fishing sometimes feels, you know, feels overwhelming for me, and, like, I think reminding ourselves or, like, grounding ourselves of, like, okay, he doesn't do this all the time, or he does his you know, a lot for two months, and then he doesn't do it for six months, remembering that, but I think, like, in the moment, finding ourselves, or, like, I'll tell him, well, you know you're going to be gone, prep something, like, I'll say, hey, well, if you do these other things, then tomorrow I won't have to do them, so then I'll feel less anxious about the fact that you're going away so long, but even sometimes I'll forget to tell him I need him to do those things, because, again, we have to speak up, right? Yeah. So I forget to say, hey, I need you to do these things before you go fishing because my day will be much simpler if you do those things because I am going to be without you for eight or nine hours on a Saturday. But it, like you said, it goes back to that communication and talking and being able to say, this isn't punishing or not feeling like I'm not punishing you because you want to go fishing, but I got to find a balance because you are going to be gone so long. Mm-hmm. And that like maybe finding that conversation of, I don't want you to not fish. I don't want you to not go for eight hours, but there's a lot of tasks that need to happen tomorrow in those eight hours that we usually would do together, yeah. finding a way to make those bounds and that he's not exhausted by the time he gets to go fishing. Like sometimes that feels very stressful for all of us because we have needs both household, but also personal. And we both want them for both of us, but sometimes it's hard to get to both of them. Yeah. I, um, you know, in doing couples counseling in South Louisiana for so many years, this hunting and fishing thing comes up like every fall. Um, so I've heard this, heard these stories a lot. You know, my, my grandfather was a big hunter and fisher. And uh, I was asking he and my grandmother one day how they made this work. And uh, she said, you know, I know that he really needs it and it really does help him. And he said, I always come back early. Always come back a little bit early. <laughs> I thought, man, that was, that's a smart guy right there. Yeah. And she, I love that story. She would say, um, you know, he, he also brought food home for us that we appreciated. And that was, you know, we, that was a big part of our, our diet is what he was able to bring home. That was cool. We've come up on an hour here, so I want to I want to kind of start bringing this to a close in in wrapping up. I mean, we we can go on and on and on. I think I think forever here. So, um, 
I'd love to kind of have each of you maybe share some closing thoughts. What are some takeaways? What what are what are if there's one thing that moms here or dads here who, who or kids are listening to, what is it? What is that takeaway? And I just want to mention Joey is has kind of been in and out of the recording. We haven't just been ignoring her or leaving her off. We really do want to hear what she has to say, but you know, with technology the way that it is, she's been a bit in and out. Um, so I, I'll start because I don't want to be the last voice. Uh, I'd love for Saleya to have the, the, the last word. But, you know, just can, in kind of talking about this thing about we all have needs. The needs are going to change. That, must, that means we have to speak. We have to say it. We need to say the need directly. But we can say it usually in a softer, sweeter way. And because we love our spouses and we want to be there for them, we can handle almost any kind of request as long as it is, is wrapped in love. And I, I think that there's a surely a way to do that. I don't always get it right. I know that. Um, I don't always listen well. I don't always speak well, but I know I can if I give it some thought. Yeah. I was told when we first got married, that, um, you know, they said that each of you should give not 50% to where you meet in the middle, but each of you should give a hundred percent. You should overlap in your, in your serving of each other because one day and oftentimes many days, one or both of you are not going to be giving a hundred percent. And if, if y'all are striving for a hundred percent, there's a really good chance that you're still overlapping each other. Uh, so that, that really spoke to me, but something that and kind of reading all those responses from the moms, you get, you get a sense there's like tension. There's like this built up, this pent up angst and tension and overwhelmment and frustration. And I'm reading and thinking like, oh, what's the right answer? How do you make everything right? And it, it struck me that this is something I, I talked to my staff about, and not, not, um, not reducing this to a, a business problem, but sometimes in business, there's, there's, you have to ask yourself, is this a problem to be solved or a tension to be managed? And I think in relationships, there's just going to be a lot of tensions that we have to manage. I think, I think it's the way maybe, maybe men and women were wired differently and women are going to think about things that men don't think about. They're going to feel things the way that men, and, and this is not always the case, obviously, but generally speaking, that that might just be a constant tension that my intention is to, my intention is to serve. My intention is not to make you feel overwhelmed. Um, but I don't, I don't feel the way you do. I don't think the way you do. And we just have to figure out how to work through that tension. Um, one, one thing Matt and I always talk about is that we really value relationships. Relationships are very important. And the whole idea of the podcast is to invest in your relationships. So having these conversations, um, taking time to understand how each of you react to different situations, I think is so important in, in investing in, in, in our relationships. So Leia, why don't you share us your thoughts and then, I'm going to go ahead and share one more time how people can register. Sure. I think 100%. I think Matt gave me a great idea when he said mom meetings, meetings with your whole family is a great idea because it also makes, I feel like it will make everyone feel a little bit responsible. So um, I think sometimes, like you said, we, we women don't always share the burden and we have to talk about it, but a lot of it's because we keep a lot of it in our head. We don't share it. Um, so just not being afraid to speak up, not feeling bad for needing help or needing a different help that's being offered. 
mm-hmm. is like super, super helpful. And like having that open mind and also like said, men having that open mind that no, I don't think you're horrible or that you don't know, but like you can't read my mind. So you're not going to know. So don't take it personal that I say that what you're offering right now isn't what I need because you don't know what I need all the time because you're not inside my head and not taking that personal because all of your help is valuable, but sometimes it's different levels of value on different days. Awesome. Slaya, thanks for joining us. And Joey, I know you can't hear me right now, and you're probably going to hear this in the recording. Thank you for your voice. Even though you weren't here for the last few parts, uh, your, we, you know, your, your voice was in those questions and some of those responses. And to all the moms who took time to respond, we really appreciate that. Remember yes. to um, follow the, our podcast, Building Us. You can find us on any of your, on your favorite podcast listening app. You can find us at building-us.com and on Instagram, Building Us Podcast. Follow neworleansmom.com. Follow their blog. It's fantastic. If you've got kids and you're looking for things to do in, in Louisiana, in the city, it's good for that, but also just stories about moms and wives sharing from their heart. Uh, they're just got, it's a great, it's a great resource. And don't forget to register to win a staycation. Higgins Hotel and Southern Hotel are each putting up a night for free for the mom who wins. It's going to be available through, or you'll be able to register through May 17th. Just go to neworleansmom.com. You'll see a link there. Or if you're following New Orleans Mom on, um, on Facebook or building us on Facebook or Instagram, you will have an opportunity there to, uh, uh, to find the link as well. So moms, we love you. Y'all are superheroes. I brought my uh, wonder woman Lego keychain for this episode to remind me of how much of uh, superheroes y'all are. Y'all are wonderful. I love my mom. I love my wife. Thanks mom. Thanks mom. (laughs) Don't forget invest in your relationships. 